Are you tired of playing the same old games over and over again? Are you looking to spice up your game night with creative new ideas? Look no further because we're here to add some excitement back into your game night. We'll even show you how to take your love of games outside the confines of the living room. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is game night. Happy Friday, everybody! In this episode, we talk about gamification and how you can combine fun with productivity to help motivate you to achieve your goals. For our shelfie, we take a close look at a colorful dice of Sagrada. We review another online escape room together at heart for our escape room report and share our Friday favorites. So Greg, what are you bringing to game night? Um, well, for game night this time, um, because we're going to be talking about escape rooms pre-COVID, mm-hmm. but like we're finally starting to get back into escape rooms, you know? Uh, so I kind of wanted to talk about like ways to make sure that you feel safe at the escape rooms and are they safe for you? Yeah. I mean, the good thing with escape rooms always is, was that it's, you know, it's something that you're usually doing with a smaller group. It's not like a big mm-hmm. public thing. Um, but sometimes, you know, in the past you could be paired with strangers. Oh yeah. That happened to us a couple of times. Yeah. Um, for the most part, and granted, it's going to be different in every area, at mm-hmm. least in California where we are now, escape rooms have basically done away with the pairing you with strangers for right. the most part. Um, so it's private bookings only, which we actually prefer. Um, we've always preferred that yeah. because the thing is like, we kind of wanted to do the puzzles ourselves. Mm-hmm. We had a few experiences where we went with randos and then afterwards it's like, we don't really know you necessarily well enough, or maybe they would just leave too quickly to be like, but what was this? Like, and like, you know, yeah. they solved it and we never got the solution. Yeah. I mean, we weren't, some people like straight up refused to do rooms with randos. We, we were okay when it did occur. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have some bad experiences a couple of yeah. times. We also had some good experiences a couple of times. So, you know, it's kind of a, a mixed bag. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, now that they've gone to where they are, um, for the most part, private, um, we prefer that anyway. And then it also means that, you know, if you are in a small space, hopefully you're in that small space with people you know have been being safe and things like that. Right. So um, I just had a couple, maybe like a mental checklist to go through mm-hmm. or just some observations to make when you go to escape rooms now, now that we're opening back up a bit more. Uh, first of all, and I've done this since the two or three that we've done since they've opened back mm-hmm. up, but just ask them, what are your wishes or requirements for using masks in the room once the door is closed yeah because usually they'll have you wear your mask when you come into the lobby Mm -hmm. and when you go down the hallway and be put into the room yeah but then once the room is closed am i allowed to take this off or not yeah you know yeah and i mean for um a couple of the rooms we've done they've said that yeah once you're in the room you can take your mask off for the most part we've tried to wear our mask um although a couple times it's kind of gotten in the way and like fogging up our glasses and things like that to where we kind of had to take them off a little bit I mean, I remember the first time we did that, I tried to wear my mask the entire time mm-hmm. and I just, I couldn't do it. So I just apologized to the camera as if I was asking for, I'm, I, sorry, I have to take this off. Like I can't see. Yeah. You know? Um, and also, you know, don't feel like, well, one, don't feel ashamed asking them what are, what is your process to make yeah. sure the room is safe. Most of them are now really advertising, like this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be, you know, we are requiring you to hand sanitize in and out when you come in and right. when you go out, um, you know, we clean the room between each guest. Yeah, and don't feel afraid to ask, how are you cleaning the room? Mm-hmm. Like, do you spray? Do you rub things down with, like, a cloth? Like, what's your process? Yeah. You know? Because if it, you know, different people have different levels of comfort, especially with the vaccine coming out mm-hmm. and people at different stages and all that. But, like, I think it's okay to, like, ask. Like, yeah. Just so my comfort level, like, is acknowledged, like, how are you cleaning the room? And then you can judge yourself how you feel about that. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's important to not only do, I think should escape rooms make their clientele feel like they're safe doing Mm -hmm. this, but also I, I I like it knowing that the escape room is also ensuring the safety of the people who are working there. Yeah. You know, those guys do a good job. Yeah, exactly. And if it's not a safe workplace then I don't want to patronage them because you know, I, I want to make sure that the people who are working for them are yeah. safe as well and aren't being, you know, uh, possibly exposed. Due or exploited, to practically. Exploited, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then the last thing I think just to keep in mind is how are you stowing your cargo? As I say, like, where are you putting your purse? Where are you uh-huh. putting your backpack? Do they have, like, public lockers in the lobby? Are those cleaned? Do they have a basket? 
mm-hmm. in the room. Because sometimes we've gone to a room and there's like just a wicker basket in the corner. Or they say, you can just pick a corner and put your stuff down there. Like all those different situations might require different levels of cleaning or not. Mm-hmm. And once again, it kind of depends upon your personal feeling of how safe do you feel about that? You know, yeah. me personally, I could put my backpack up and I'm not going to lick my backpack, mm-hmm. you know, but some people, like I can especially imagine if there is a person who has one of those like shorter bags or purses that kind of tucks under your armpit. Uh-huh. And if you're wearing something that doesn't have sleeves, like a tank top, like maybe that's a concern. Like, oh, I don't <laughs> want to put this in the same place where someone else's stuff was, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, kind of think about that. Like, how are you putting your things down? Like, do you have a way to clean your bag or do they have a cloth they can give you afterwards yeah so just little things like you know it's still fun to go out to escape rooms we highly recommend it but just um you know if you're starting to feel uncertain feel free to call ahead and ask mm-hmm. like what are their procedures for this and yeah. see if they have answers that might put your mind at ease yeah and a lot of them will also list on their website so sometimes mm-hmm. you can just find that out by looking at their website right how about you lauren what are you bringing to game night I am actually bringing a new uh, gaming space. Our new home is finally finished. Hooray. Um, We're actually moving into it uh, the day after we record this. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are very excited to finally be reunited with all of our games and our table. And it feels so good. (laughs) We've got big plans for the area where our games are going to go and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and kind of have our own like dedicated game space. Yeah, you're going to get those beehive shelves, right? No. Because it'll really mess with your trypophobia. (laughs) And be great for storing all our games, right? Yeah. Oh, those are, they look nice, they look but they're nice, such a space yeah. waster. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, you already found some shelves, I believe, from Ikea. Yeah. We're, 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 going the, we're going the classic Calyx uh, shelves, which I think it, most people who have uh, game rooms are familiar with. It's kind of standard. It sounded like you said Cowlix. Like, and yeah. I'm, now, I'm now imagining a bunch of alfalfas from the Little Rascals <laughs> with his big old Calyx. Yeah. Just standing there. But yeah, but we've got, we've, I've got plans. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, hopefully you are following us on Instagram because we'll probably be posting pictures of its progress. Do we have pictures of how we used to store our games at the condo yes. and how we just had the big piles and stacked? Yes. We need to do it before and after <laughs> because before I used to always go like, if I reorganize it with the heaviest oh, on yes, bottom. Oh yes, he reorganized or it what a few I, times. What if I do heaviest on bottom and then least used most commonly used and like new games that i want to use you know (laughs) yeah and then we also had to at one point like pare everything down so that we still had games out but that it looked nice for the people coming to see the house that was like don't make me choose (laughs) but okay so yeah so we're gonna have a new gaming space better layout of our games so we can actually Mm -hmm. access things easier maybe there won't even be a board game jail anymore yeah because we used to have to put things in the closet just because we still didn't have room in our normal space (laughs) so no more jail liberation for all (laughs) except for that one crappy game we don't like anymore yeah um but yeah so let's get into our main topic now we're going to talk about gamification for those of you who don't know what that word means it's that you apply gaming mechanics to your everyday life and kind of make a game out of things that normally don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's also, you know, gamification of, in learning circumstances as well, mm-hmm. where you're, you make a game out of it or you make it um, a competition. Right. So, because, um, you know, with especially with the COVID times that we live in now, having game nights hasn't been easy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, even though we have been having game nights, it's been further and further apart. We used yeah. to do it once a week maybe um, with your rare occasional week off in between, but pretty much we were consistent. Yeah. You know? Now, if we get to a month, we're lucky, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but like, you know, it just, it still makes us look forward to those game nights and then more special. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I kind of do need a little bit of something to like scratch that itch of my brain. Uh-huh. Like I want to play something and like, I don't want to just like do a video game. I want to like enhance my game night still. Yeah. So one idea that I had during the pandemic uh, to kind of not only have a game, but also like kind of stay fit too, mm-hmm. is to gamify uh, exercising. Yes. You know, so one thing that you and I actually tried, and I think it was pretty fun mm-hmm. for the bit we did, uh, is we gamified Dungeons and Dragons, where we said, okay, so your character's going to gain experience by doing actual exercises in real life yeah so for every so that's how you leveled up that's how you got xp essentially yeah every push-up is one xp go mm-hmm. you know it was a bit more complicated than that i had like breakdowns like if you do yeah. a set of 10 for your weight limit then you get some xp if you run for so long you get xp you know but pretty much you can do that for almost anything and then you know mm-hmm. we apply that to your characters and then we set ourselves a limit of like okay before the first adventure happens 
let's grind out our characters as much as we can for yeah. two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then every two weeks after that, when we would have a little session, we would check to see how much exercise we did by keeping it on a lock, you know, that was in the kitchen area. And then we would just apply that characters and then level up. And mm-hmm. it was kind of nice because sometimes you would deem like right at the right moment, you know? Yeah. Because in, in Dungeons and Dragons, whenever you level up, you also get all your health back. So <laughs> we had done like that. But there's other ways you can gamify too, like including, you know, taking on a big project, whether at work or even just like a big chore project at home. Yeah. I mean, you know, we definitely are going to have a lot of chores coming up ourselves. Yeah, so. Um, so, you know, it's good. It, you know, it's fun to kind of assign certain tasks and have, you know, maybe a reward system or mm-hmm. have a, you know, apply to other things. I mean, we've done two where we've applied certain achievements to like a game where you'll say, oh, you know what, just for that, I'm going to give you, uh, you know, a an extra 20 roll or something because yeah. you did that. You, you told that really funny joke or something like that. Yeah. I mean, yes, games usually have rules set in so that they're balanced mm-hmm. and equal. But the point of games is really to have fun. Yeah. And as long as you're not breaking the spirit of fun, who cares? Yeah, and I mean it could be even something as the person gets that person gets to pick the game that they play. I actually or, have that on my list. That's or the, that person gets that to person pick. gets to be first player. Yeah. You know, first player can have a major advantage for some games yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so um, you know, some of the ways that you can apply this to these tasks in mm-hmm. front of you. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to like generalize to each individual person out there. Yeah. But mainly what you want to do is you need to break your, your project into realistic goals and deadlines. Mm -hmm. You know, don't just look at the end goal. Don't be like, oh man, I have to write a 50 page paper by like the end of the month, you know, Mm -hmm. look at it in bite-sized chunks and reward yourself with a sense of achievement every time you reach one of those milestones. You know, so for example, if we're going back to like fitness, don't be like, I want to get a, you know, a swimsuit body. Just focus on going down one pant size. Uh-huh, yeah. That's the thing because going down one pant size. Yeah. Know, and then just exercise and work towards that goal, you know, be aware of how my pants are fitting. Mm-hmm. And then it's, oh, hey, the work I'm doing, it's starting to get a little bit looser. And yeah. women can do that too. Maybe the numbers don't quite line up as well as men's do. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for myself, I know... I always think it's easier to meet smaller goals mm-hmm. because it's easy to get overwhelmed if you set too too much of a you know too high of a exactly because if, if you have a picture of like Baywatch calendar on your wall, yeah. you're gonna be like, well, forget that. I'm never meeting that. Yeah, but like I said, small little bits. Mm-hmm. You know, they say that every journey starts with a step. Yeah, I mean, you may you know your goal may be to lose 15 pounds or not 15 pounds, 50 pounds. Um, but 15 is a good start. But 15 is a good start. Or even 10 is a good start. Or, you yeah. know, try, okay, let's hit five. Once you hit that five, okay, now I'm going to try to lose five more. And, you then, know? and then say, you know what? I did a good job losing five. Let's mm-hmm. keep going. Or like for other projects, you know, like let's say you have a whole like part of your house that you have to clean. Like mm-hmm. spring cleaning. I know we're kind of in the middle near the end of spring now. Yeah. Summer cleaning, right? <laughs> like focus on just like, okay, you know what? This weekend... I'm going to get this bedroom done mm-hmm. or I'm going to do the backyard or I'm going to clean up the garage, at least one, that one half of it, you know, depending upon what workload you have. Yeah. Really focus on just like that realistic attainable goal that will still help you stay on your deadline, mm-hmm. you know, or like if it's a project for school, I'm going to focus and I'm going to do uninterrupted, strictly focused work on this for two hours mm-hmm. until five o'clock when it's time to start making dinner, you know, something like that even for like short term things, you know. Just really decide, like, what is an achievable goal that's easy for me to meet, but also challenging enough that I will feel rewarded at the end. Yeah, like I'll feel accomplished. Right, because, like, like how you made the example before for the D&D, and, like, here's a 20 because you told a funny joke. Uh-huh. Okay, but, like, if you just keep telling me knock-knock jokes, are you going to feel as, Yeah, you know, yeah. Like... No, it's... You made me guffaw out loud. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, being able to... Say like, oh, I I just chose not to eat in and out today. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, mm-hmm. do you think that deserves a reward? Fully I mean, it or... depends. It depends on who you are, I guess. You right. Know? Right. I'm well. I'm saying like maybe that's a good starting reward. Mm-hmm. But like after you're ten weeks into it, do you still feel like that deserve? You know, it's kind yeah, of yeah, you yeah. have to kind of judge your own self and your own limits and what you think is attainable or not. Mm-hmm. But just really kind of ask yourself is this too easy is this too hard and find what's right in the middle yeah go for that you know challenging but doable Mm -hmm. and yeah so as you kind of said before 
some ways that you can turn that into your game night is like first player proof. Wow. First player privilege, uh, or even picking the game itself, um, you can do things like dice re-rolls. Uh-huh. Oh, wow, that was a bad... It, there's lots of games that have dice, mm-hmm. including the Shelfie that we have today. Yeah. I would like to re-roll that, please, because I yeah, did a I lot of push-ups this week. Mm-hmm. Um, or I even have been able to draw a bonus card. Or some games like uh, Pandemic have so many actions per turn. I get another extra action right now. Yeah. You know, like, I, hey, man, I ran two miles this <laughs> this past week. Mm-hmm. I get another action. I, I've proven that I've got the hustle, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of options and that you can do in terms of your games, in terms of really anything that you can do set up as, you know, rewards for just these kind of gamification of your everyday life or yeah. chores or whatever it is. So what I would recommend people do is... Kind of take whatever goal you have, Mm -hmm. break it down into at least five different milestones, right? Because I think that's an easy to remember number, number of usual fingers on a hand. Mm -hmm. And once you achieve some of those, check them off and then count each milestone that you reach as like a token that you can turn in at game night. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe even make actual tokens that you can put to the side. You know, like this is my achieved tokens. These are my pending tokens. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to game night, you and all your friends can have like the same agreement. They can have their own tokens. And at this point, you'd have to have a, um, a, a system of like trust and honor of like, you know, okay, don't come in with like a whole like sack full of tokens be like i did a great job this week guys you know (laughs) come with a realistic number of like that you actually feel proud of Mm -hmm. and then be and then just spend the tokens during game night like i said like extra action please re-roll that dice please Mm -hmm. or like maybe you can even have a bidding war of like i'm gonna do three tokens to say we get to i get to pick the first game lauren comes up five tokens says i pick you know Mm -hmm. so yeah there's lots of ways that you can have fun with this and um, if you have any suggestions of how you've been doing it, yeah, you know, feel we would free love to, to hear. Uh, contact us at Game Friday on mm-hmm. Facebook and Twitter, or you can reach out to us at our email, which is uh, Friday's Game Night at Gmail. Yeah, at gmail.com. At gmail.com, and let us know how you're doing it. And mm-hmm. um, I think I do want to get back into playing role playing games. We recently got yeah. the, the pirate version of Dungeons and Doggos. Yeah. Gullet Cove, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. We're going to be playing that this this summer i know because i'm in at a pirate kick right now and i think i'm going to start going back into uh fitness for D. Mm-hmm. you know usually i just play the dm but i can have like a little side character that just starts getting stronger and stronger <laughs> maybe that you have to exercise for the xp of our our opponents Ooh, ooh, i like that <laughs> so yes. they're only as strong as you are that's fantastic okay mm-hmm. I'm just, it, but what's funny is that I'm going to be the human and just a bunch of animals. So uh-huh. I'm getting stronger so I can fight a bunch of cats. Like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a weird kids movie that sounds like, yeah. you know, almost like Home Alone, but Kevin's a cat. <laughs> All right, let's go on then to our shelfie for yes. this month. So now let's go into our shelfie for this month, which is Sagrada. Yeah, this is one of one of my favorites. Yeah, you actually were the one who found this. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about this. I think maybe I'd seen it on the shelf in a store yeah. somewhere. But um, first of all, Lauren loves dice rolling games. For those of you who are just joining the channel, <laughs> yes. tell us why you love dice rolling games. Because Lauren. I'm good at them for because some reason. Because you always roll well. Whatever <laughs> she needs, she rolls well. <laughs> it's astounding. It's one of the reasons I love her because I can always counter. Why don't we just take you to Vegas and do? Th- we were at a dice convention in Vegas. What were we doing? You should have gone and played craps. Yeah, but I'm not much of a gambler. I don't care. I'm more you, of the fine five dollars on the floor in she, Vegas. Literally, she found five dollars on the floor in Vegas, and we're <laughs> like finders keepers. I was like, well, I won my money for them. <laughs> but anyways, so Sagrada, um, Lauren, tell us about us the inspiration for Sagrada because it gives a backstory for why this game is designed the way it is. Okay, so yeah, Sagrada, um, and one of the reasons, it's kind of one of the reasons I like this game, um, the name Sagrada comes actually from a church that's in Barcelona. Um, It's called uh, La Familia Sagrada, and um, it is this church by um, a designer named Gaudi that has been being built for like 
maybe a hundred years now. <laughs> um, I thought it was only fifty. It's I don't. I don't even know how but long like, it is. Long, but it's, long it's, time. it's a long time. It's just constantly under construction. Um, and the this is kind of based on the beautiful stained glass windows in that. I mean, when I say church, it's a cathedral. It's gigantic. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be seen from miles and miles away. But um, but yeah, this is based kind of on the stained glass windows that are in um, that uh, cathedral. Right. And so, you know, uh, you're dealing with a lot of colorful dice. They yes. have all these kind of, I'll get, I'll get them out here at the bags, just a couple mm-hmm. of them. It's these clear um, yet colored dice. So, like, you can yeah. see, like, translucent. They almost yeah, they're like glass themselves, you know. And it's just your basic D6s with mm-hmm. the little pips on them. Yeah. You know? um, and what's great about this game is that you have these card holders. One thing I do like about games is the peripherals that they sometimes give you. Uh-huh. And the player card holders actually look like a stained glass window. Yeah, almost and like they're... something you would see in like Notre Dame or something. Yeah, and they're like kind of different colored. Like they mm-hmm. there's kind of one that's more of a blue and a blue purplish, green. you one know. One that's more purple and uh, red. Yeah. You know? And it and they even have the different colored dice in the center to be like you're the blue player you're the purple Uh player yeah and what's great is that they have these different colored cards that are double-sided that give you the pattern that your stained glass window is trying to create and you can slide it into the bottom and then it stays right there so it actually looks like you're building this yeah and it makes like a nice little secure place for your dice to go and that's the other thing too it has these little indents into it where the dice fit perfectly and so that way, like, once you place it, you don't have to worry about, I accidentally knocked it. Yeah. Unless you directly knock it hard with your hand. Yeah. But, like, if the table bumps a little bit or if you blow on them, you're not going to go anywhere. Because yeah. the dice are a bit smaller than normal dice. Think uh-huh. about, like, the size of Monopoly dice and go down, like, maybe uh, a centimeter mm-hmm. in all measurements. And that's how big these dice are. But what's great about these little cards is they have some blank spaces on them. But then they have some numbered spaces, some colored spaces. Tell us about those. Later. Yeah. So basically what it is, is you, you're essentially trying to put together this window, this stained glass window with your dice. And what you do is you, they, there's a dice roll at the beginning of each round. Mm-hmm. And then you go around picking the dice you want. And you have to build um, on your windows from one of the like edges. And you have to build out from there. Right. And you can place down um, a number a corresponding number to one of the number cubes or a corresponding color to one of the color cubes, but you can't have the same color or the same number next to one another. Right. They can be diagonal, but they can't be up, they down, can't left, be, or right. Yeah. And so that's where the challenge kind of comes in because your card is kind of dictating what you can put where. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's also based on what comes up in the dice roll. Um, so, you know, you could put a, a one down and eventually get boxed in to where there's a green space next to it but the only green green cube available is a one and you can't use that because right. you've already put down or a one. for example if you put down uh, a blue six mm-hmm. and there is uh, either like purple next to it or like a one next to it but there's no purple dice available and the only one available is a blue yeah and you can't do the two colors next to each other uh-huh. so you're like i i can't yeah because yeah. the thing is this is a drafting game mm-hmm. where every round you take the number of players that are playing, times it by two, and add one. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if there's four people playing, you will draw nine dice. And it is a snake draft, meaning that if Lauren goes first, she picks the first dice out of all the nine dice that were pulled randomly out of a black bag and rolled. And then, you know, our friend Phil would go, and then Melissa would go, and then I would go. And then I go again, and then it goes back to Melissa, back to Phil, and then Lauren, because you went first, you also have to go last. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a advantage-disadvantage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and like I said, you know, each card kind of dictates kind of what you can do, and they have sort of different challenge levels. And mm-hmm. in, in, Yeah, they have the little numbers down yeah, there. Yeah, in relation to how difficult it will be to actually build this. Um, how many options are you're actually given and how much is dictated that you must do. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's different levels of complexity. And it's one of those games that at surface level, it seems very easy because all you're doing is rolling dice, choosing one, and putting it in a corresponding you know, yeah. section. Um, but it can become really complicated, actually, and have a lot of strategy to it. Yeah. But to kind of help and also add another complication, 
you have these tool cards. Mm-hmm. There's 12 in the in the base game. They do have expansions for this to give you new tools and also increase the player count to like uh, five and six, I believe. But the tool cards, you'll pull three randomly out of the 12, and they allow you to have a special action. Now, depending upon how complicated your window is, you'll get so many tokens to use for these special actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's nice because it allows you to, if you do get into a jam, like let's say there's a blue dice that roll that reach two, and you're like, if only that was like a three or a one, I could totally uh-huh. work with that. If you have the right tool out and you have a token available, you can say, okay, I'm going to change. I'm going to like trim this glass down a little bit and make that a one. Mm-hmm. And then you can make it fit. So it's kind of nice on how... You have a little bit of wiggle room, but only if luck's on your side, you know? Yeah. So, like, it's still kind of part luck because the tool that you might need may not be out mm-hmm. or it may not be even feasible. Like, if I have a four and I really needed a one and there's no way I can get down to a one because it only lets me go up or down one. Mm-hmm. Nothing I can do to help you there. Son. Yeah. And then, so how this game is actually scored is um, you actually have certain agendas for things that you're kind of trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of a group agenda um, where it will say, you know, oh, well, whoever has the most pairs of twos and sixes. Right. Or, you know, whoever has, um, you know, all um, all the different colors in a row or all the different numbers in a row or, or something like that yeah. in a column. Um, there'll be those kind of agendas. And then everyone will also have their own secret agendas as well. That's what Which like, will be yeah. like, you know, you are trying to get... Um, sixes, or you're trying to get blue sixes, or you're just trying to get as many yellows as possible. Yeah, I think it, I think the private ones all color. It's mm-hmm. like whatever the total number of all the pips showing for X color. So like if yeah. Lauren pulls the yellow card, uh-huh. then that means that all the blank spaces available and all the numbered spaces available that don't dictate a color to her, she would really like to have those higher numbers all be full of like sixes and fives for yellows yeah. if possible yeah. because that'll increase her score at the end mm-hmm. and then yeah at the very end um you have this nice little kind of it's great it has a turn tracker on one side and that one extra dice because remember i said it's times two plus one mm-hmm. because you want the person who goes who picks last to have some option and then you take that and you put on the little score tracker to keep track up between rounds one to ten mm-hmm. and once that's all done you flip it over and then you have this nice little score tracker that goes up to 50 and then you have the little tokens that you can flip over to the other side once you hit 50 if you need to go yeah, into 60, Yeah, so it's really 70s. easy to track your scores. And honestly, it's just a really beautiful, well-themed game. Mm-hmm. It's I, I like this a lot because it's not a war game. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not a, any kind of mythology game. or. And there's you know, not really a... There, you, you, I mean, it's not really a take that, right? You're trying to get what you want. You're not necessarily trying to screw the other person over. No, you know? there's no way to directly mess with someone unless yeah. you happen to know they really needed that green dice. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily need it, but you take it anyways. Yeah. And I mean, it is a little bit frustrating when you get to the end of the game. Because if you get to a point where none of the dice on the table work for you, mm-hmm. you just have to say pass. And now you know that your window will never be complete. You can still get points, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. But just like the real Socrata, you'll never get done. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of the brilliant, I think, naming of it is like mm-hmm. a lot of people, Socrata. You know, like it's yeah. never going to get done. I'll just do what I can. <laughs> um, but it, it's a little frustrating there. But at the same time, like it's still a fun game to play. Yeah, it's a fun challenge. It's kind of a, a you know, it makes you kind of use your, your brain and it's kind of a mind scratcher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's one of, like I said, it's one of those that's kind of deceivingly hard. Um, uh, technically, a kid could play this, um, but I think it would because of all the like, well, oh no, you can't do that next to that. Oh no, you can't do that. Yeah. You know, like, they might, might get, get frustrated. frustrated. Yeah, the age for this says thirteen plus. That sounds mm-hmm. right to me. You know, yeah, I think maybe a younger kid could play this if you're willing to bend a rule or two. Mm-hmm. Like the the token thing is a bit more complicated than just one token per tool yeah but even for our house rule we just like to say one token per tool because mm-hmm. it, it's like this whole like bidding war and you have to keep upping the price and it's like but then it's not fun yeah let me just have this ability you know <laughs> so definitely a fun game um like i said if you really get into it the expansion's great too it adds more variety more tools it lets mm-hmm. you go up to six players so if you have a bigger night game nights you know yeah. but um you know Go do a lot of push-ups, get those dice rolls in for the tokens <laughs> or the dice re-rolls, and then uh, combine the first two segments of our podcast episode here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so that's for our shelfie of Sagrada. Oh, and by the way, Sagrada is by Floodgate Games. So go check that out, guys. So enough about old musty churches. Let's talk about cute little robots with our escape room report. That's a nice segue. For this um, escape room report, we did a, this is an online, um, you can do it from anywhere in the world. Um, and this is one of those that kind of falls under the category of you aren't, um, there's no avatar, you aren't doing anything in an actual, it's not like a camera in a physical room. Right. You don't have to have a booked set time. It's sort of a one-time flat fee uh, that starts at $10. Mm -hmm. um, you can... Um, pay more if you want to like kind of donate towards the escape room itself. Right. And we'll talk um, about what we think it's worth at the end. But yeah. It's kind of like that Christmas one that we did where like mm -hmm. you're just paying for like the online experience but you could take it at your own leisurely pace. Yeah, exactly. So basically you 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 are purchasing um, an access code essentially to this, um, this game. Um, and it, it allows two people to like log on um, to access the game, a player one and a player two. Mm -hmm. um, and you do people, have to decide who's going to be who at first. Yeah, and those people um, don't have to be at the same location. Mm -hmm. um, you could maybe, you know, obviously communication is key, so you could be doing this over phone, over Zoom, mm -hmm. whatever you want. Um, but they don't have to be anywhere near each other. And um, you don't have to complete it within a certain time frame either. So if it takes... Two hours, one hour. It, it takes as long as it takes. Yeah, you can time yourself, but it's not like you're going to get kicked out after an hour. No, and I do like that because sometimes when I try to talk to people who are new to the hobby mm -hmm. or thinking about trying the hobby, they've never even tried an escape room before, the idea of being under time limit is a pressure for them that they are not sure they could handle that. They would be, you know, some people do that, especially like in school. Remember back in school, like you always had that one friend who's like, whenever there's a test, I just freeze up. I yeah, know what the answer no, is. It's I'm, just I'm like the that. fact that I'm like under pressure. Like, mm -hmm. for, oh, you're like that? Yeah, no, I was, I'm oh, a terrible test taker. I'm a great test taker. Like I, I did horrible on things like the SATs and stuff like that. But as you know, like you're I'm, really not, smart. I'm not yeah. dumb and like I have a master's degree. So, I just don't do good at right. standardized testing. So this is a good like way for someone to try the escape room without um, having that pressure. Mm -hmm. You know, and also like you said, you don't have to try to coordinate, okay, what's well, going to be at 630? You're going to be there at 630. Yeah. You know, it's Or, you know, if you live in a different time zone or something like that, it's not like, like we've done an escape room in a different state virtually mm -hmm. and we had to figure out, okay, well, we're booking the, the what, two o'clock. It's just four o'clock for them. Yeah. What does that mean for me? Exactly. You know, it, do I go plus or minus if I go from, <laughs> you know, from Texas to California? Yeah. I forget, you know, which way does the earth spin? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But um, yeah, so this is really fun. It's it's kind of, to compare it, it's like a video game because you're just pointing and clicking. There's no physical objects really, but it is enjoyable. And it is meant to, like you said, you could play it both in the same room together, mm -hmm. but it's meant to be played so that you don't see each other's screams. Yes. The idea is that you are two people who are locked into separate rooms, but you have full communication with each other. Mm -hmm. So I can't show you my, or I'm not supposed to show you my screen, but I can describe to you what I see to the best of my abilities. And I really do like those kind of games. Like there's yeah. games like that one, um, the bomb diffusal one, keep talking or everybody explodes. Yeah. I love that. We're like, you can talk as much as you want, but like, you're just not allowed to look at my screen. Yeah. I think, you know, this, it reminds me a lot. Like there's a lot of games kind of like this that started coming out on like Steam and mm -hmm. different like um, video game platforms. Um, one that I can think of that we did is called um, We Were Here. Yes. Um, it's very similar vein to something like that, but the where this kind of succeeds where those might not succeed other than like, for us, we were here, like, the technology wasn't that great, but... Well, we had troubles with it. We had trouble with it. But um, but where this kind of succeeds, where that fails is, this was created by people who understand escape rooms better. Mm -hmm. You know, where that is more created by video game people. Yes. You know, so, like, there's, there's something that's lost in the translation a little bit. Well, also, the difference between that and this is that in We Were Here you actually have an avatar that can move around a three-dimensional space. Here, it's almost like you're just going back and forth between different, like, windows. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's all in just you only have one window you can look at at a time. But like you know you're you're almost like looking at like a like a control panel. Yeah. And like what buttons can it operate that's just right here? And mm-hmm. you don't ever need to move. You can switch between control panels, but you're not really having to like navigate your character. Like I can't even get through the door. Yeah. You know? But it's neat because there's like there's ways that you can pass each other things. Mm-hmm. Um, because there were things that you would have that, that was I a cool didn't thing. Have. They have this um. Almost like a teleporter device. Yeah. You put it in, you hit the thing saying send, and then it tells you, okay, on your end, you need to type in four, five, six. Yeah. So you tell the person that you're working with, okay, you need to go to your thing and type in that number. And, and then, boop, oh, I have a key now. Mm-hmm. So I do like that passing back and forth. Yeah. And we've even done that in a few physical rooms mm-hmm. where we were separated and we had to pass things back and forth. And yeah. that's fun. Yeah. You know, I do enjoy that because you, I'd be like, I have this giant, like, comically large dog bone do you have any yeah i sure do okay (laughs) but yeah so the basic premise here is you have this adorable little robot like Mm -hmm. something like a little kid would draw and he's missing his heart yes and you need to find out what happened to it (laughs) and so essentially yeah you're solving puzzles back and forth to eventually open a container that will have his heart you install the heart into the robot he comes alive and you win that's the end goal right Mm -hmm. usually like we say in escape rooms it's like, you know, oh, get out before the murderer comes. This is a nice refreshing pace. Yeah. It's, I want my little guy to have a heart. Yeah. You know? And that's, it's called Together at Heart. Mm-hmm. So that's why. And this is actually their third yeah. um, room that's this type of um, escape room virtual thing. The, the level of puzzles in here, though, were quite um, varied in terms of difficulty. Some of them were, Some were pretty very straightforward. Yeah. Some of them, I was like, I don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, and then there was a couple times where, you know, it's just sort of user error sometimes where, like, for example, I kept getting this one view on my dashboard, but then it was like I would lose it, and I couldn't figure out how to get it back. And it wasn't only until much later that I realized, oh, when I go over to this panel, if I hit this, and then come back out and hit this over here, it That's, changes yeah. my view. And yeah. I didn't realize I was same, changing same my view. Same for me. I had this thing where I was like clicking this button. I'm like, this means nothing to me. Mm-hmm. And then I go back and I'm like, hey, wait a second. There's a bunch of light bulbs over there that are lit in a different way they were before. Yeah. And it took me like an hour to realize, oh, when you click that button, it changes what lights are on and off. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. So dude. a couple of things, if I had realized that sooner, we would have been done a lot faster, but I just totally did not realize And it's it. interesting because I feel that if we were in a physical space and it was actual lights It'd be on and off and it affected the brightness in the room, mm-hmm. I think I would have maybe caught that sooner, but because it's, a, 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 I want to say fictional space you know where like this is just a drawing or Mm -hmm. like pixels of a light on and off it doesn't quite catch my brain this quickly yeah well i mean and i think it's that it kind of follows the same vein as you know we've done some of those escape room you know um video games and things like that Mm -hmm. um and you even recently did the escape room vr which we hope to do an episode on oh we will yeah um but the one of the things that often happens with those is you you aren't always able to tell, like, am I able to interact with this? Is it something I can touch or is the computer just glitching? Is it, you know, it's like this, like, without that tactileness of an actual escape room where Mm -hmm. you, you know, like, if I go to turn this and it doesn't turn, it's not that I'm an idiot or that something's not working. It's either not meant to turn or not meant to turn yet. Right. You, you can tell the difference that. because if it jiggles a little, you're like, oh, so it's just locked. Yeah. But if it's like held fast, you're like, you're that like, okay, probably that's, doesn't turn. Yeah, that's probably the electrical box that I'm not supposed to go in there. Right. Or it's just a decorative doorknob. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. But I, I will say, I think that the theming for the puzzles and the and the control panels you have is great. Uh-huh. And it felt very industrial. It also had some like imagery throughout that was very kind of consistent like they had like this kind of like illuminati eye kind of thing almost throughout Mm -hmm. i thought that was a fun touch you know it makes you feel like there's something more going on than is actually there so even though it doesn't give you like a super deep story you definitely feel like something's there now keep in mind we didn't play this first or second chapters of this yeah so maybe that does mean something and i just don't Uh know but i just got the sense that like probably that eye symbol for sure also appears in the other ones it just felt too much of like a uh, overarching thematic element mm-hmm. to be ignored. Yeah. The thing I really do enjoy though is how it's it's easy to use your words to describe what you're seeing, mm-hmm. but also so difficult to describe what you're seeing specifically. There was a moment where I'm looking at the security cameras, like 16 different oh, feet. Oh yeah, those security cameras. And it's cameras. all of like some kind of like an industrial like 
factory or like smelting facility or mm-hmm. something. And I'm trying to describe to you like, okay, um, I see all these things and there's like numbers in the background and you have like pictures that sh- match those up. But you have to describe to me like, okay, it's a walkway. Describe it more. Yeah. It's a walkway going towards a circular door. You need to describe it more. I have four of those. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how like, yeah, those pictures were probably one of the hardest parts of it was trying to like explain back and forth because what we saw, I mean, it's kind of like playing the game Mysterium. Like yeah. what you see in it is completely dependent on who you are. You mm-hmm. know? True, true. <laughs> and a lot of them, if memory serves, they were kind of like black and white pictures too. So you can't exactly say it's the one with bright purple. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's the one that's colored like the Joker. Yeah. No, it's all black and white. So. <laughs> but overall, I, I really had a fun time. Yeah, it was, it's this. a really was, well done one. There was definitely a time where we had to call our friend Matt for Mortal Kombat because he had played this before and be like, I don't know what happened. Yeah, are we're, we we're dumb? Stuck. Like, what's like, going what's on? Like, what's going on? And he had to, like, text us over, like, Facebook. Like, did you do this? Yes. Did you do that? I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that is the one thing that's kind of um, a little bit problematic, I guess, is that there's no hint system. Yeah, just there's no hint system. It's just you figure it out. And at one point, even before we tried to call Matt, mm-hmm. we were like, well, let's look it up. Maybe there's a hint system online. Maybe someone has a hint about this that they just wrote themselves. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find any yeah. of it. So it's just, if, if you do get stuck, keep trying because there is no time limit. True. But at the same time, like, if you really, really get stuck... Maybe hopefully there'd be like a Reddit post for you that you can use, <laughs> but I, I can't, I don't know how else you get through it. I think that's the one downside to this mm-hmm. is that into anything like this is that like we've done online games. Like when we did the, uh, Orion's Ridiculous Revenge, yeah. the 60 out for the Miss Jezebel sequel. Yes. It's kind of like this where it's like a digital space that you're just interacting with. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there was a physical game master there yeah. who could guide us. But that put the limitation on us, of course, of, okay, everyone has to show up at 645. Exactly. Whereas this one, you don't have that limitation. Yeah. So it's kind of good. It's like a trade-off. It's like, do you want to not have the limitation of when you have to show up and how long you can take, but not get any help? Mm-hmm. Or do you want help, but now you're on the clock? Yeah. You know, so it's it's interesting. And we always say, like, don't feel embarrassed to ask for hints in escape rooms. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's also another social thing that people have trouble with. Like, oh, I feel stupid because yeah. I'm not getting this. Why am I not getting this? You know, or or for whatever reason, you know, so or maybe just pride thing. I'm like, no, I, I know I can get this. Mm-hmm. So I, it's a real hard trade off. But I think that I prefer this version where you can really take your time with it. You know, you yeah. can you can sit back for five minutes and just like let it incubate like, OK, what? can I do? What mm-hmm. have I tried? What has already been used? Things like yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, I, I blanking on if we've said it or not, but this is, this is at Enchambered, which is actually a, normally a physical escape room that's in Northern California. Yeah, they do have physical rooms. Yeah. Um, they actually have three of these. So they have Alone Together, um, Together Apart, and then of course this one, um, together which is at heart. Together at Heart. Um, together Apart is also a pay what you want, essentially. Essentially, they say pay what you want. It starts at $10, and then you can pay more. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this was kind of a way to help them um, survive the pandemic when all the rooms were closed. Right. Um, which, I'll, by the way, genius swerve in their business model yeah, to do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because especially their diehard fans are willing probably to pay more to help them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Alone Together um, is actually a free one. So if you kind of want to try this out, um, risk free first. Yeah, I would um, definitely start, give it a try. Yeah, start with Alone Together. You can play it for free, and then you can kind of determine if you want to play um, some of the others. Um, and you know, while we say it is two people, I mean, obviously, you could have two people on a computer on one end and two people. I think you know, that's actually a good way to do it too. If you're new to these kind yeah. of things, because sometimes, like they say, like you know, two heads are better than one, four exactly. heads are better than two. Yeah, and especially like, you know, there's puzzles where like. You would have gotten on my end. And we, because after the fact, we had a chance to go back and we kind of like switched uh-huh. roles. And I was like, oh, I now I see what you meant when you said there was a purple thing yeah. on your, you know, because I didn't understand. You're like, there's night sky and there's a, what night sky are you talking about? <laughs> but like when I saw it, I'm like, oh, now I understand. So, but like, I feel that 
some puzzles in my end would have clicked immediately for you mm-hmm. when they just didn't for me. So yeah, yeah. having two people there doubles your chances well, yeah, like, that like you don't have a, I'm just not understanding. The fact it. that I didn't realize that one button related to that completely other panel, you probably would have picked up on that right away and I just didn't pick up on it, you know? Right. So like, it's just, yeah, your different brains look at things differently. But overall, for the one that we did review, mm-hmm. the Together at Heart, the robot one. Yeah. It's a minimum $10 for two people to play, mm-hmm. which essentially is $5 a person. Yeah. How much do you think you would be willing to pay for this max? Like if it wasn't set at a minimum mm-hmm. of $10, if like the minimum was higher, how much do you think yeah. you'd be willing to do for this? I mean, I... Like for, for two people least, to play. I'd at least be willing to double it. If not I think so. Bar, yeah. I know? think I'd be willing to do up to 30 even. Yeah. I think that... Because think about it. Escape rooms in person, mm-hmm. at least before the pandemic, when what the average was, was about $30 a person. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I'd be willing to do this at like a half price ticket where essentially it's yeah. $15 a person and it's mm-hmm. meant for two. But like, of course, you can have, like we said, however many people crowded around one computer that you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. I think that $15 per person is more than fair mm-hmm. for this. So, I mean, they do have the minimum of 10 but like if you want to pay more, I highly recommend it. But like you said, the first one's free. Mm-hmm. Give that a try. And then if you really like it, support this business and like show them the love that they honestly deserve. Yeah. So it is enchambered.com and they have their puzzles page at the top. You can go there and then you'll find the online ones of Together Apart, Alone Together, and... uh, Together at Heart. Thank you. Uh, Together together at Heart's their newest one, so... Yeah. So honestly, I think check them out. Yeah. Highly recommend. For sure. So now let's go ahead and go on to our Friday favorites for this month. Lauren, my Friday favorites is going to be one that we haven't actually even opened yet, but we have played before with friends. Yeah. It is Unstable Unicorns. (laughs) Yeah, we do have a copy that we haven't opened, but we have played it extensively with friends. It's by this artist who whose name escapes me at this moment. I apologize. But um, he or she does a lot of really cute animal stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And they actually have a new game coming out that's focusing on the dinosaurs. They do. But um, I, I like that art style in general. Mm-hmm. Very, very cute animals. You'll know them if you've seen them. You've probably seen them on t-shirts somewhere. Yeah, I think they do a lot of the work for T-Fury. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but Unstable Unicorns is cute where, like, you're essentially trying to get seven unicorns in your stable yeah <laughs> but um you know they each have a different ability mm-hmm. and different powers and you it, it is a take that game which we're not super big fans of but i think the cuteness factor overrides that yeah and it's especially funny because it's like they're unicorns but some are like not unicorns like some are like narwhals yeah right. or like other things that we put a horn on and so it's kind of funny yeah <laughs> and like well, i think one of them was just like um, a one antlered moose, and they're like <laughs> close enough, you know. Like, so if it could be kind of, kind of like by if you squint really hard, you know, yeah. like maybe it's a unicorn. <laughs> one of them is like just like a, a a horse with a knife strapped to its face, you know. <laughs> like, okay, I guess that technically qualifies. Yeah, and they do have uh, several different expansions, including one that's a not safe for work expansion. Yes. Yes. Um, which, you know, we won't get in too much here because it is a family-friendly podcast, but it, it is very funny. It is not a knife strapped to their head. No, um, so, no. <laughs> um, but the thing I, I do like is that even though it is a a take-that-thing, mm-hmm. it is very much a push-me-pull-you, where, like, everyone's constantly doing it to everybody. Mm-hmm. I think the reason I don't like takes that too much is because when they happen infrequently, when you have a role going and you're like, oh, I'm going, I get momentum going, and then, boom, out of nowhere, it happens. If the bombs are constantly flying then at least you're in the headspace like okay i'm going to be attacked yeah (laughs) what can i do to try to prevent that you know yeah yeah it's for sure a fun cute game it's just cards so it's also very easily portable and stuff we Mm -hmm. we've even played it in restaurants before we did Um, we played it at denny's or something no not denny's we played it in um, palm springs oh palm springs yeah well a diner like place yeah Yeah, a diner but much nicer than denny's um it was palm springs it was was an ihop (laughs) it was not (laughs) It's called the King's Highway. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a very fun, small, portable game. It doesn't usually take very long either. No, this well, that's the thing. It kind of depends on how many players you have, mm-hmm. of course. But it usually is a fast and frantic game. Mm-hmm. But I think max time limit on it would be like twenty minutes to half an hour. 
yeah. like gnats, yeah. I'm saying, you know, because to get seven unicorns out is not hard to do. It just depends upon how many cards other people pull to like steal your unicorns or like to make them go away. Yeah. Because you will constantly be like stealing other people's unicorns or like banishing them to the nether realm or like <laughs> in some cases murdering unicorns. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, for my uh, Friday favorite, um, I actually don't have a game. I have something different. Uh, hey, Lauren, um, pause. Friday favorites are about the games you want to play this coming Friday. I know. Um, but this is actually about a podcast I want to listen to this coming Friday. It's called Friday's Game Night. You're, you realize you're in that right now, no. right? Um, it is another podcast that we are actually a part of that um, has an episode coming out the same day that this has, comes out. Oh. Um, and that is um, a podcast called Moral Combat. Oh. Um, and it is actually our one year anniversary of recording that podcast. It was actually kind of like a COVID uh, project that one of our friends wanted all of us to get involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not only do we have the uh, anniversary episode out now, if you're listening to this, you can go and also download that. Um, but we also have a bunch of new merch for that podcast. Um, that's really cool. And it's out on the um, merch store. You can find that at moralcombatpod.com slash merch. Um, there's some really fun stuff up there. We've had merch before in the past. It's done really well. Um, but we just dropped some really cool, um, new accessories and some really, um, brightly colored stuff. I'm wearing one now. Yeah. You can't see it. (laughs) So, um. I think I can say what it is because it's going to be on the store by the time you want to describe it. It's like a, it's like I got. I was wearing a black shirt with the Mortal Kombat logo that you designed. Mm-hmm. And it looks like I got hit up with rainbow paintballs. Yeah, so of. it's like a paint splatter, but yeah. the, the paint splatter actually um, does a gradient and it, it goes it's like it goes blue like blue and pink at the bottom towards like purple at the top. Yeah, it goes through the colors of our logo, um, a gradient, but it, it looks like paint splashes. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, so it's it's really bright, but it's really fun. Um, and you know, we're really excited to be releasing that to everybody soon. So, um, if you're interested, you know, it's a, it isn't a family friendly podcast, Moral Combat, um, but it is, um, a really good time. We record it live every week on Tuesdays and, um, on Twitch. And it's kind of like one of those, you know, you're just, um, hanging out with your friends, um, debating stupid pop culture things or right. mundane things that you're debating. Um, well, hardcore. like currently we're arguing what's the cutest baby animal. Yes, we are. We, we are arguing what's the cutest and baby the, animal. And before that, we were arguing what was the best um, one-hit wonder of the 90s song. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the most overrated 80s film? What was What is the best fast food um, that, place? That was fun because we got to do research. Yeah, we did. We got to do research. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's a good time. It's just, you know, if you kind of like those podcasts where you're just, you feel like you're just hanging out with the host, Moral Combat is the podcast for you. So um, give us a listen if that's something um, that might interest you, um, especially because it is our um, one-year anniversary episode. Coincidentally, on uh, May the Fourth, be with you. Yeah, that's so. when that's when we will record it live, but it, it'll drop the same day as this podcast. Yeah. and also uh, just for listeners who may be interested on that podcast, I drink alcoholic beverages out of a sippy cup. So yeah, because he he can't be trusted. I can't be trusted. I will spill. So. <laughs> I think that does it uh, for this episode of Friday is Game Night. Music for this episode was provided by TwinMusicCom.org. As always, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Rates and reviews on iTunes are much appreciated as it really helps new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Come talk games with us. Thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>